When it's time for family fun and memories, just add water. Head to the New Jersey Boat Sale and Expo, February 15th through 18th at the New Jersey Convention and Exposition Center in Edison. For tickets, visit jerseyboatexpo.com. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. As in 22 days until Outback Striper season reopens in the Garden State on March 1st. Did I know that Taylor Swift had a song titled 22? No, thank you, Google. But between the Grammys, the Super Bowl, and the anticipation of a new striper season commencing in New Jersey as of March 1st, what could be more appropriate this week than to feature some unknown pop star who's dating a famous football player for this week's New Jersey Delaware Bay video fishing forecast? I'm Jim Hutchinson with the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition, and it is February 8th. We're three days away from the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, if you're not really an NFL fan, but you find yourself being forced to watch on Sunday, perhaps you can root for someone local. Vineland, New Jersey's Isaiah Pacheco, a Rutgers grad, will be playing running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, while San Francisco 49ers safe, safety uh, Logan Ryan, he hails from Berlin, New Jersey, and was also a draft pick out of Rutgers University back in 2013. Now, this Sunday, February 11th, Super Bowl Sunday, before the big game, I'll be out in Palmyra for the Palmyra Fire Department Fishing Flea Market. The show runs from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. at the Charles Street School there in Palmyra. The admission is $4, but there is a $10 admission for early bird if you want to get in there at 8 a.m., to sniff around at some of the deals. Great event, do it every year. Super little fishing flea market held every year, it seems, on Super Bowl Sunday. If you want some more information about that, you can get it in the February edition, but you can also call John at 856-786-0718. Now, Highmar Striper Club and Southern Regional High School also, also hosting events this weekend on Saturday. I have details on those in just a couple of minutes, but let's turn our attention to the fishing options you have for this weekend coming up, which truth be told, they're getting more and more limited fishing options as we continue on forward into the month of February. Now, I spoke with Tommy at Fisherman's Den in Belmar on Monday. We still do the fishing reports every Monday at thefisherman.com, north, central, south, even down into Delaware. They are getting thinner. A lot of folks pulling their boats at this point, doing the winter maintenance, uh, some of the tackle shops are, are closed or only available certain hours. But Tommy said the Ocean Explorer, as of this date right now, is the only boat there in Belmar along the dock sailing right now. But if you go just across the Shark River into Neptune, Captain Robbie Siciliano aboard Smoke and Reel Charters, he told me Monday he's going to continue to scratch away at TOG and is running anywhere from 8 to 20 miles out in search of the blackfish. Uh, he's told me he's been trying to hit every small piece he can. You know, trying to find life here, trying to find uh, life there. So it's a lot of stick and move, but Robbie is sticking it out, uh, which I gotta give him credit for uh, picking away at these TOG in February. As like I said, many of the boats are pulling out now to do their winter maintenance to get themselves back up in gear for March stripers and of course, black sea bass and tow TOG after the March closure of TOG. Uh, a February closure of TOG. Um, right, we've got TOG is open now. It was open January and February. It'll shut down briefly in March, and then we've got it back again in April. Now, on the cover this month, uh, the New Jersey Delaware Bay edition, of course, 
is Matt Brown with that 20 pound monster tog caught and released on a one and a half ounce magic tail jig estimated at around 20 pounds because he did release it. On this week's Open Boat, Jenny had a chance to sit down with Matt to talk about his catch, his gear, and a little bit of banter back and forth about blackfish conservation. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Open Boat. We're wrapping up the blackfish talk with Matt here. You may have recognized him on the cover of the New Jersey February edition of the Fisherman Magazine. How can you not want to talk about this fish on the cover? So today we're going to talk to Matt about that whole experience hooking this big fish and how it all went down. So he has his rod here and everything. So just, what was that combo you were using basically here? Uh, so I have a OTI um, pitch black uh, rod that I use. Um, I have a 4000 ballistic um, that has been tried and true. I really like the Iowa's product. Um, I was a big Shimano person, but um, really like the product that uh, Daiwa has had. It's nice and light, especially with uh, black fishing in um, the ocean. You need definitely something that's very light that sits in your hands, especially when it's very cold, something that sits nice in your hands so you're not, um, if you got gloves on, stuff like that, that it's nice and easy to hold where you can still feel the bite. So reflecting back on that day, like how was the bite overall? I mean, the bite, uh, for, so we stopped at two spots prior to that. Um, we stopped two rock piles that um, have really good life on them, usually on the back side of them sitting um, right before they hit the sand. Um, has a couple good, really good ledges, but it was pretty lifeless. Uh, it's our normal trip that we do every year for um, our Christmas dinner. So uh, that's what we make every year for uh, Christmas. Everybody looks looks forward to it. Um, but it was, it was great. I had my buddy out. Uh, for his really first time seeing what winter black fishing is like he's he's getting used to um you know really he's he's really good photographer and uh he's trying to learn all the different times and when to go and uh luckily enough he was out on this trip with us and got to get capture a really nice shot of that fish and then uh, my friend sloan was out with us as well um you know really driven fisherman she loves she fisherwoman she loves to fish um and you can take her out in any condition she loves it it the, the bite was tough when we got there you just had to you just had to cast around um right before i caught that fish i broke one off um but just as black fishing goes you never really know how big that fish was uh because you could break off a 14 inch fish and think that it was the a world record so um they're just powerful fish and they're good at breaking you off i mean they, they live in nasty things and uh, especially at this place um it has high pieces that you think you're good um those first five feet are crucial so yeah and you caught it on a jig too so that's another yeah. huge thing i mean you could see the jig in that thing's mouth um we talked to ray a couple weeks back about jig fishing this is another prime example of catching some monster fish on the jig um, and you have the jig here with you today, so. I did, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a little beat up because obviously you can see, um, you can see how nasty this area is that, that I love the fish. It's, it's literally, it's, it's like a construction site down there. Hopefully I'll be able to put that in some kind of mount um, for the fish because that fish deserves a mount because it was, you know, I've been fishing for years. Um, I, I, I spent a lot of time targeting these fish um, and I take pride in, in fishing for them and, um, especially letting them go. That's like my yeah. biggest thing with that. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's my main concern is making sure that they get their way back into the water. Uh, the fish from, you know, 
you know, a keeper to about 18 inches are the perfect ones that I want to take home anyway, just because we got to protect the fishery because we have a fishery here that's like no other um, and we need to protect it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, black fishermen out there, be more like Matt, be considerate about the fish you're catching. A lot of these taxidermy guys, if you want to get that fish mounted, they literally just need the picture. So take a bunch of pictures, get your measurements and release that fish as quickly as you can back into the water because just like all other fish species, Blackfish conservation is another, it matters too. Yeah, I think it might even matter more because you have a fish that takes a very long time to mature and grow. So, um, and especially just how, how, where they're caught. So like changing the times of the years that we fish for them and stuff like that may make a big difference because now like, you know, we're blackfishing now, but a lot of times you have to move farther offshore. And what that draws is the deeper water pressure and a lot of times the fish don't survive just because their bladders blow or something like that. And it's just, it's, it's just something we have to look into because as me fishing for them for like the last 15 years, uh, it used to be crazy. You catch hundreds in a day and, but you know, now, now you're, now you're fighting to get a limit. We just need to make sure that we're protecting them because it's something that I'd like to be able to do for a long, a long time. So. Yeah, we want to be catching all fish, big fish like Matt has been, so conservation efforts are a very serious factor in the future. You may be seeing an article soon that I wrote about the concerns for blackfish, so stay tuned for that. But once again, thank you, Matt, for being here on this week's Open Boat, and be sure to pick up the February edition of the Fisherman Magazine with the cover boy here on it with his big blackfish, and stay tuned for more Open Boats in the future. We're going to start doing our winter workbench series and I have a rod back here that's literally drying right now on the rack that we're going to be talking about next week so stay tuned. It's time to get ready for our fifth annual stock up event on March 3rd from 10 a.m. to 2. Don't miss out on these exclusive savings, raffles, and fisherman source giveaways. We'll be featuring several local vendors, pro staff members, and most importantly free food. Can't wait to see you guys there. Back to that February edition of the Fisherman Magazine with Matt on the cover. The glossy section boasts our annual electronics uh, guide, our electronics buyer's guide from John Raguso for 2024 plus. How-to instructions for building your own inshore fluke rod by Matt Broderick. Dave Anderson heads to the lathe with a classic Gibbs design. And of course, there's my feature on gray fish tag research, the Northeast Striped Bass Study. Shout out to the Snopesters tuned in this week to learn more about New Jersey fishing. Glad to have you. Now we've got local tactics in that New Jersey Delaware Bay edition as well. You won't find another monthly magazine, 12 months a year, uh, coming out in print dedicated to the way you fish. But it's got Bob Misak's article on winter white perch with some tactics and scouting information if you want to get out and try to find some of those spinies this month. Yes, you can catch them from shore. And on those nicer days, which we do have some warmer temperatures coming up ahead, you can press off into the canals and creeks by kayak or skiff, even Garvey, if that's what you have. Now, Dave Scholl, he reminds me of a Garvey right there. David of Seacon Bay Sportsman Center, he reports that bloodworms and perhaps grass shrimp, if you can get them, will put a few white perch in the box. Or in the case of the meat wagon crew, you're going to have them strewn all over the cockpit floor. Another sailing option for you out front this month is cod, maybe pollock, possibly ling, although the hake 
uh, they have not been really in great populations this season. You talk to any of the head boats, they'll tell you that the ling just haven't been around. But if cod interests you, the big Jamaica out of Brielle is sailing Saturdays and Sundays through February into March. The next trip is scheduled for this Saturday, February 10th. It leaves at 4 a.m. Just keep an eye out on the NOAA Marine weather forecast uh, as you prep for this and any other trips that you plan to make outside the inlets. Winter, it's a tough, tough one to march through. Uh, but as far as that weather forecast itself, here at the Jersey Shore, a bit of a warming trend in the days ahead. Highs into the 50s on Saturday, though there is a little chance of showers ahead. We will talk about the weekend events in Monmouth and Ocean County in about two minutes, but I know a lot of folks this time of year take advantage of the Sweetwater options throughout the tri-state region. Tick-free fishing, no bugs, less crowds. It's great for stocked rainbows, muskies, uh, northerns in the Passaic River, perhaps some walleye on the Delaware. For this week's freshwater report, let's head west. We'll check in with my friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. You know, it's starting to feel like spring out there, but I think we're going to have a couple weeks of a winter ahead of us just before things break loose for the year. But you know what? Uh, things are looking up. Uh, PA Fish and Boat Commission, you know, they're out stocking on February 19th, getting ready for the April 6th trout opener here in Pennsylvania. You know, the extended season closes here on the 18th of February to get that stocking program started. So a couple more weeks, you guys can get out and enjoy some of that fishing. In New Jersey, uh, trout ends on uh, March 19th for an April 8th season opener over there. So guys, get out and get on some of those trout. A few guys that are getting on those trout, like my friend Jay Batcher, up here in northeast Pennsylvania, he's out getting some uh, trout as well. A couple of nice browns, an 18 and a 21 incher. Not a bad day to spend on a winter's day. Also, Eric Goodstall, my good friend down there in Northumberland County, he's out getting some brown trout as well on those jerk baits. Now over in New Jersey, guys are actually hitting some largemouth bass, like my good friend Jen Wong, uh, getting a nice 20 incher here on the jerk bait as well. And the Delaware River, the big D guys starting to produce. Uh, Tim Kieber, guide out there on the river, getting guests on some beautiful smallmouth. Also, he managed to get a couple guys on some walleye, even managing to get himself on a real nice walleye as well and stay still for a pick. So guys, there's lots of great fish and I hope you're out getting on them as well. Don't forget to send us those photos and we'll catch you next time. But from Pennsylvania, I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors guy. From the Pocono Mountains to the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, let's check in with Captain Ben Jackpot Sport Fishing out of Marina Pesvela in Capos. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Ben Gilmore from down here in Costa Rica at the Marina Pesvela with this week's fishing report. Guys, the inshore fishery here right now has been really, really strong. We had some wonderful rooster fish over this the past week or two. Just the other day, we had the rooster fish tournament of the year the Marina Pesvela Roosterfish Rodeo. Thankfully, my boat, Good Day, was lucky enough to win the tournament. We caught eight stunning rooster fish up to almost 40 inches. So a really, really solid day for us, some really happy anglers. 
and we tagged a bunch of those rooster fish for the gray fish tag research program. At the offshore reefs, we've had some Kubera snappers, mullet snappers, and lots of action with fish like jacks and amberjacks as well. Close to the rivers, there's been some triple tail and some beautiful sized snook also. The sailfish by offshore has been good. Some days getting up towards double digits, uh, 10, 12, 14 sailfishes a day on the, on the better days. And there's been a few blue marlin and a couple of uh, striped marlin and black marlin out there as well. Guys, check us out here in Costa Rica. This is Ben Gilmore. We'd love to see you down here fishing with us at the Marina Pez Vela. Back to you. Now this Saturday, my alma mater, Southern Regional High School, Manahawk in New Jersey, they're hosting their annual fishing flea market from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. That's at the Southern Regional Middle School Cafeteria, 75 Cedar Bridge Road in Manahawk. And admission is $4. Children under 12 are free. This is run, of course, by the Southern Rams High School Fishing Club, supports their activities in 2024. The Southern Regional Junior High Cafeteria. That's where I spent so much time, high school dances in that 15-minute version of Freebird at the end of every dance. To the north, Raritan Bayshore area anglers will descend upon the Port Monmouth VFW post 2179. That's on Veterans Lane in Port Monmouth. The Highmar Fishing Club, the Highmar Striper Club, their annual fishing flea market will be held from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. this Saturday, February 10th. Admission is $5, kids 16 and under free. It includes free access to the seminars, including one by my man Chuck Manny of Thai Man Fishing, Thai Man Sport Fishing, the Striper Pro, the Jumbo Stripers. Listen, if you want to learn how to catch those jumbo personal best stripers of 40, 50, and even 60 pounds, uh, the, the kind of big fish that you'll see on page 18 of the glossy section in that February edition, Jack Glassberg, it was the Manny method. You want to be there at Highmar on Saturday. Now, striper season, of course, can't come soon enough. 22 days until New Jersey's back bays, creeks, lagoons, rivers, anything west of the coal regs, inlets and back. That's when we'll be reopened for the striper fishery. Open beaches, of course, are wide open. And after March, sometime in April and May, that's when everybody's going to be running and gunning the beaches as well. Now, I see some serious surf casters out there on the beaches every season carrying around a whole lot of tackle around their waist. It's got to be bad for the back. Grippers, pliers, plug bags, sometimes three, four, eight spools of leader around the belt. I've, I've seen a lot of them. Um, sandwich bags, right? This is where you're putting your leader materials. Tie up, I've never seen somebody reaching back on their leader and tying them on the fly. In the middle of a blitz where you're losing rigs and losing plugs, are you tying your leaders? No, you wanna take the time to have everything tied up in advance, put them in plastic bags, you can stuff them in your pocket, you stuff them in your plug bags. This Sunday, if you're really not into the game, Take out a big spool of leader material, 30 pound, 50 pound. Take out your barrel swivels and your tactical angler clips or your dual locks. Sit in front of the game and tie up some rigs. With more on that, some simple advice for tying up some of those surf rigs for the season ahead. Let's check in with Matt Broderick, our Long Island Edition editor. As a surfcaster, it's never a bad time to stock up on the leaders that you're going to use. I go through so many a year. I must go through dozens, if not hundreds of leaders getting bit off by bluefish you know, losing them, whatever it may be, you'll lose this stuff while surf fishing. So having this stuff tied before you go surf fishing is super important. I'm going to show you guys a real quick and easy way that I tie my surf leaders. You guys can also make it your own with the length of the leader, but let's get right into it. So 
So what I start with right here is I have a quick clip, which I enjoy using when I'm surf casting. It makes it really easy to switch lures with. I also have a barrel swivel as well. That's for tying on the other end pretty easily, uh, makes it easy and quick in the surf, and that uh, means more fish caught in the long run. I'm just using 30-pound leader material here. This is something I probably would use in the early part of the season. So I'm going to use a small piece just so I don't have a, a big piece of leader, but something like this. Two and a half feet, two feet. This is the perfect length for back bay fishing in the early spring. So we're going to go with this. So it doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to go about two, two and a half feet right there. I'm going to take my snips, cut that off like that. Okay, so we have a length, two and a half feet, and we have our two terminal ends right here. Take one end, and I'm going to be using improved, I'm going to be using regular clinch knots for this. They work really well. You don't have to go improved all the time. Just make sure your knots are really tight and all the, the wraps are all tied into each other as well. So first, I'm going to start with the quick clip right here. Go through. Just like that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Pass it back through. I'm going to wet that just so that knot slides nice and easily. Okay, pull that. Don't pull it all the way yet. Just pull it like that. Then we do the other end. This is the barrel swivel. Same thing. Go through. One, two, three, four, five, six. Just like that. Now pull it, but don't pull it away. Wet it a little. So now I have two unfinished ends. Here's the neat part. You take the other end of the barrel swivel, pop into the clip, just like this, and you pull. They both get cinched down perfect, just like that. Unclip it. You're all set to go. Just want to tie off. Uh, trim off the tag ends. Now you're ready to fish. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to fish bites. Haven't talked about this in a little while. Hold on to your hats. The industrialization of our nearshore and offshore waters continues. As leading light in energy and attentive energy too, uh, we're just awarded the third solicitation of power by the good folks at the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. Both of these offshore wind farm locations plan on plugging into Seagirt when complete. Orsted, meanwhile, of course, uh, pulled out of another project down in Maryland, which was just about three months or so after sus suspending their New Jersey plans, but they now want to buy into a New York wind project. Um, I guess they're trying to renegotiate their terms, but this industrialization of our inshore and offshore waters continues. So on the screen right now, it's just so you know where we stand, this chart shows some of the active industrial offshore wind projects coming to the New York, New Jersey region. Uh, I know I saw recently where one wind energy shill he called these quote unquote fish factories. Now, from where I come from down in the Great Bay area, 
Uh, we called the fish factory. It's also known by another name, the stink house, which is pretty appropriate because I think this whole industrialization effort stinks. A lot of these new offshore development proposals that you're seeing are farther away from shore, way offshore, 30, 40, 50 miles it looks like, which seems to take care of the nimbyism where people don't want to see the turbines from shore. But keep in mind that the farther offshore you put these massive wind turbines, the bigger the challenge of transporting all of that power to shore. Alternating AC current generated from wind turbines can be transported from these wind sites inside of 30 miles. But once you get beyond 30 miles from shore, a high voltage direct current or HVDC system is used to convert AC power to DC, which can be transported longer distances without significant power loss. Now, according to the Bureau of Ocean and Energy Management, which is guiding this industrial offshore wind uh, uh, voyage, BOEM, these massive HVDC stations haven't really been available for testing, but they do require open loop, open loop seawater intake and outtake, which cools the system. Think about the power plants, right? Now, according to BOEM, quote, Potential effects from using the cooling systems include the discharge of heated water, use of chemicals, and trapping of fish larvae. Move it farther offshore, it still stinks just as much. In last week's video, I shared that somewhat shocking ASMFC striped bass chart on recreational harvest with private angler mortality compared to for hire. Look for the link in this week's YouTube description to a three-chart breakdown I offered up over at thefisherman.com. That was sent out in her email alert earlier this week on Tuesday, and that too is generating a lot of social media buzz, much of it about fake news and bad science. Now, over on Instagram, J Jake seemed to question why I chose not to do a deeper dive into the MRIP effort data. I don't know if he felt it was inconvenient of ASMFC not to provide me with that chart, or I was being inconvenient as if I was trying to hide some information. No motive here, Jake, except to say there are a million data points to scrutinize in fisheries management, which is what makes it so complex. And it's often unfair to the angling community. Think about MRIP and their admission last year. NOAA Fisheries said it may be overestimating by as much as 40%. Jake said he wanted to email some comments for publication in the Fisherman Magazine. I will look for that, Jake, thank you. I also received an email from Gordon out in Pennsylvania asking why ASMFC didn't just shut down New Jersey's striped bass fishery in the, in the rare until May 1st. That, he said, would be protecting the spawning class stripers getting ready to move up the Hudson in April. He mentioned New York's April 15th season opener on striped bass as an example. Briefly, for you, Gordon, and anybody else, New Jersey's January and February striped bass closure in the Garden State that's going on right now, that's a no-targeting rule. No harvest, no catch and release, no directed fishery. New York, on the other hand, they allow targeted catch and release fishing on striped bass until it officially opens on April 15th. And then consider this, north of the George Washington Bridge during the spring spawn, they still allow the targeting of striped bass up to 28 inches. So why should ASMFC mandate a three month closure on New Jersey and not do the same with any other state? 
There was a management debate on roving state-by-state -state targeting striped bass restrictions brought up at the ASMFC over the last year, two years. Uh, but all the other anglers outside of New Jersey, they were hoping that it only applied to New Jersey, and they didn't think that a two-week no-target enclosure was going to apply to them. And once they found out, nobody wanted this closure. Everyone always wants the same state-by-state -state regulations, only when they're better. ASMFC, consider, does not give New Jersey uh, any management authority, as they do in Maryland and New York, for being a spawning area state, despite being right along the Delaware and right along the Hudson River. Um, after taking that designation away from New Jersey years ago, it would be a little hypocritical of the commission to then turn around and tell New Jersey anglers, you can't target spawning stock, right? You can't say New Jersey's a spawning area state and then, and then say you can't target spawning area stripers. The two things don't mesh. The management system is a mess and the divisiveness in our community is allowing the entire process to erode even further. There are conversations that our entire community needs to have openly and respectfully for the health of this fishery. Now, next weekend, I'll talk a little bit about stripers next Thursday in Edison. That's when we kick things off with our seminars for the New Jersey Boat Sail and Expo. That runs at the Edison Center Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will also have seminars at Oaks PA next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Philadelphia Fishing Show, that's where I'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I go from Edison on Thursday to Oaks PA, busy weekend. Plus, you got Jenny Ackerman, who when not in Edison on Friday or Sunday, she will woman <laughs> the booth at Surf Day out in Lincroft. That is next Saturday. Big weekend. You can get a free copy of the Fisherman Magazine, the February edition, at each one of these shows. Plus, you can get one this Sunday at Palmyra. You may be able to get one in Highmar and Southern Regional as well. I'm not sure if our mags are there. Plus, make sure you look for us wherever we have a table and the free magazines taking subscriptions. You get that new or renewing subscription to the Fisherman Magazine. Get that printed copy delivered to you 12 monthly issues plus the 26 digital weeklies from April through November. We will send you out of the show with a four inch Tsunami iPop popper just in time for the spring striper fishery. Plus we'll send you a $20 gift card for Shorehold Marine products. You'll get that in the mail. This Sunday, I'll see you out in Palmyra, Super Bowl Sunday. Next week's video fishing forecast coming to you from the floor of the boat show in Edison. We're shaking it off, my friends, clearing the cobwebs. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and striped bass season in New Jersey is swiftly approaching. Catch them up. I'll see you next week from Edison.